Hey everybody, you're listening to Living Theology with the Luby Brothers, a podcast dedicated to understanding and living out the gospel. The gospel that brings us to God and transforms us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. We are your hosts, Doug, Greg, and Mark Luby. We are continuing in our series on friendship, and this is our third part of that series. And Doug, would you lead our discussion today? For sure, Mark. Our first podcast was reflecting on our relationship together, and the second podcast talked about being made in the image of God, and that because of that, we desire relationship with God and one another. So the longings that people have for friendship are a good thing. And Mark, you ended that one with the encouragement that now might be a time to really press in to relationships with others. So today we're wanting to talk through what are some practical things that can be helpful for pressing in to relationship. But the first thing we're going to share is just a little, how do we see friendship? What are our friendships about? And I think C.S. Lewis is helpful here because he argues in his essay, The Four Loves, that friendship is unique and that friendship has to be about something more than just having a friend. He says, if someone says, I only want a friend, no friendship can arise, though affections may. There would be nothing for the friendship to be about, and friendship must be about something, even if it were only an enthusiasm for dominoes. So what he says is that friendship is this looking out at something else. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. So he's saying that friendship isn't just looking at the other person saying, I want a friend, but we're both looking out to something greater to have our friendship be about, whether that is dominoes, a college football team, our own sports teams, a hobby for photography, or for us as Christians, our friendship about the glory of God and advancing his kingdom to the ends of the world. So as you guys think through issues and how people think about friendship, what would be some of the common ones that you see? Mark, you've talked about the idea of a skull-sized kingdom. Would you start us with that? Yeah, David Foster Wallace is the one who I heard that term from, the school-sized kingdom. But essentially the idea is we each have our kingdom, the area over which we reign and live. And to have a school-sized kingdom is that you have your own little world in your head that you're living for. And an illustration I've given in the past is it can kind of be like everyone has their own pursuits and the own direction that they're going in their life. And it ends up being a lifeboat floating in the ocean. But if we're all going in the, our own directions, we just kind of are drifting apart in a sea of loneliness. There's eight, seven, eight billion different lifeboats all going in different directions. Um, and if you get on my boat and go with me where I'm going, then we're going the same direction. But if not, and I, I found that as a huge temptation in my own life, just to kind of go my own way, to have my own little school-sized kingdom, this life that's built around me and my desires, which obviously... Um, goes against the idea that Christ says in the Lord's Prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done. It's living for our Father's kingdom and our Father's will. But it's it's a real temptation in my own life to live for my own kingdom. One of the things that I've 
said recently, even as I've reflected a lot on friendship and experienced some sweet times with friends lately, is that I think in my own life, I think I used to think I wanted to be great. And that wasn't all the desires I had or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I probably looked up to different people and thought, man, I really want to achieve something with my life. I really want to do something with my life. And I would say the way I'm saying it more now is I want to be a part of something great with my friends or with those I love. And it's a desire to be alongside others. And even as I've thought through my work and ministry and things I want to do, I realize that friendships are, it, it's just what brings so much value to my life and where I'm so grateful for every time I've invested in those relationships. So kind of that side, idea of a school size kingdom is, is a selfish pursuit, just kind of doing, doing your own thing. And I, I mean, obviously I find that as a temptation myself and, um, and growing in that. Along those lines of just the skull size kingdom, I think that I've seen that really be something that's had a big impact on the way that I see friendships and specifically with the idea of pride. And one passage that sticks out to me is John three, when John the Baptist is baptizing and he had had this really successful ministry where everyone's coming to him and being baptized. But then in John three, his disciples come to him and say that Jesus ministry and his disciples, they're all baptized and everyone's going there now and leaving him. And so in terms of worldly success, we'd say John's kind of, his whole ministry is leaving. Everyone's going away. It's dying out. And yet his response is fascinating because he says that his joy is actually complete as this happens. And he says, the passion of his life is that Christ must increase. I must decrease. He must become greater. I must become less. And that's just a fascinating Mm -hmm. idea that his passion is that Christ would be lifted up. And so he doesn't see Christ and the disciples of Christ baptizing everyone going to them as a threat, but he said as that his joy is complete. And so in the same way, as I'm interacting with other people, as I'm interacting with other ministry leaders, as I'm uh, building friendships among peers, it can be easy if I have other people around me that are better at things than I am or better speakers or more gifted to see those things as a threat. If I'm kind of just living in my own head and just focus on myself. But if really our Mm -hmm. goal is to pursue Christ, to lift up the name of Christ, to see Christ increase, then those things are actually a benefit to me. And so that's just one way that I've really seen that in my life and learning to celebrate and delight in the way that God's gifted and wired people and the success that they're having versus just comparing it to myself and making my own standard of life success outside the gospel. Yeah. If we see that our lives are to point people to Jesus and to be about his great commission, his redemption of the world, then we can actually take a lot of joy in the giftings that other people have. And I think as you were talking, I was thinking that it's so easy for me to want friends just to affirm who I am. And so much of my anxiety around friendship is related to how do people see me? How do they Mm. perceive me? How do they like me? And there's some of that that's very normal, natural, but there's an indication in that that it's so consumed with myself. Even when I'm trying (laughs) to not be consumed with myself, it still comes back to this focus on me versus I'm about Christ and I'm about the other person. And there's something that is counterintuitive to it, that when we give ourselves away, when we follow Christ, when we lay down our lives for his sake, we find them. And 
I think we can understand that in friendship where if you're around someone who is interested in you and cares for you, that's the kind of person that you want to be around. And yet so often I want to be around people so that they make me feel good about myself. And that ultimately isn't what this is about, but that we are on our way to the new creation. Another thing C.S. Lewis says is that those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. So as we are on our way, we're on the pilgrimage to the new kingdom. We want to be going there, pointing people to Jesus and partnering in this mission that we have from God. If you're on a mission, you're not upset that your (laughs) friends around you are more competent than you are because there's a benefit there. So I think one of the first things that we're saying here is that we want to realize that our friendships are about something greater than ourselves, pursuing the Lord, pursuing his kingdom, and joining with others in the mission that God's called us to. But we all find it still difficult. (laughs) So what are some things that you guys have seen as challenges, even as you have a right view that your friendships are to be helping move people to Christ? I know for me, one of the just clear challenges that I find towards friendship is that it takes time and yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, it seems like such a natural thing when you ask someone, how are you doing for the word to be busy? And I've known that prioritizing rightly involves saying no to certain things. And at times in my own life, what I've noticed that is that I've actually said no to people and yes to things. And so I think when I have the mindset of, okay, the most important thing I'm doing is getting done with a degree, is getting done with my work tasks, is getting done with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And these things, all of a sudden, if for me, and I found this, if for me, a friendship is not on the high list, high priority, and I don't see it as essential as finishing, you know, some of these tasks that I have before me and the demands that I have before me, all of a sudden they can be pushed to the margins. And I've just found that in my own life as a huge challenge. I think it goes back to the idea of some of the messages we get in our own culture about, you know, give yourself fully to whatever your dream may be, run after it a hundred percent. Don't let anyone tell you no. And you go out there and you, you know, you make it, you get it. And I think that there's a reality of, yeah, give yourself wholeheartedly to a mission. And yet, if it is an inward mission, of I'm just going to make myself great, which I think we all feel a temptation towards. If, if it's an inward mission of I'm going to make myself great as opposed to um, work together in this, then I find that I begin to lose sight of the value of friendships. And I begin to think that the most important thing I can do is get my tasks done to write that much better of a paper to do whatever it may be. And I begin to miss out on some of those friendships and relationships. And I, I think that is a high risk for me. And so for me being able to turn off email, turn off some of my tasks that I need to be doing and say, no, this is actually one of the most important things I can do today uh, is to see my friends and to spend time with them. This is, this is worth taking that time. That, that's just a very practical one for me. I think that in this whole process too, one barrier can just be our own pride. And I know that for me, that can be a thing. And it's humbling to admit I need friends or I want friends. 
And it shouldn't be because we're made in the image of God to have friendship. But I think especially just it's easy to feel that as a man that a tendency to want to be the lone wolf and Mm -hmm. think, okay, I'm fine. Like I don't need friendship. I'm, I'm good on my own. And so there's really, at least for me, I felt a sense of vulnerability as I've asked people to hang out or get together and spend time with each other. Cause there's almost a emittance of interdependence in that, that could potentially be perceived as weird. Maybe I think that's the fear. It probably won't be, but there's a fear that that could happen. Um, so I think just taking those initial steps and just asking people, Hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to get some time together? Especially if I've hung out before, there's just a little bit of vulnerability and risk in that. And it's definitely worth it. And I remember that some of my deepest friendships in life have been formed that way. My sophomore year of college, I had a time where I had just been isolated from other believers. And I had a time where I was just living in sin as well. And the two were really tied together in various ways. And I got to a point, of just realizing I just don't want to live this way anymore of not having anyone knowing what's going on in my life and I need friendship. And I saw that in a new way than I had seen before. So I just pulled a couple guys who are really close friends now to me and my brothers as well aside at one point and just said, Hey, I, I don't want to keep walking my life alone anymore. And I want to draw nearer and friendship to you guys. And that just led to such depth in friendships in a way that I had never experienced before. And all four of the guys that I did that with were in my wedding and we started Mm -hmm. getting together weekly and more often than that, just to hang out and spend time together and catch up and connect. And that's just yielded so much fruit in my own life. And so sometimes it just takes that step and I think it's okay to even just say, Hey, I'm needing friendship and admitting that and, it's not weird to want that. That's the way we're designed and made. And yet I think sometimes that initial step is something that we don't even really step into because maybe we're afraid of how that would be interpreted or what if that gets shut down or whatever it could look like. Along the lines of thinking, oh, I can just be a lone wolf. Part of that is we are in a pretty independent country. I'm an independent person, even within an independent country. And so I could begin to think, hey, I just... I'm okay with having less time around people and I'm very introverted and I can kind of tell myself this whole narrative, but more so than that I'm an independent it's I'm afraid of being rejected. Hmm. (laughs) And so like, is it that I'm just okay on my own or is that I really am afraid of being vulnerable with people? Hmm. "Mm." I think I thought I was just like super independent, but really it was a fear of someone could really know me and reject me. And now you step into that. And there's times that I've been open and vulnerable and it's kind of been met with, hmm. And other times where it's really developed significant relationships, but there is something about friendship that constantly requires vulnerability. And I don't like that feeling. I'm more okay with it now than I was in the past, but it's still always challenging. One of the things that I... (laughs) remember thinking after my 
Did you have a, something in mind there, Greg? Yeah, well, I was just thinking we've all probably, I mean, all of us have talked about this before, but we've all had situations where we've been vulnerable before with people of sharing struggles and it just hasn't yeah. gone super well. Or, you know, you're kind of yeah. opening up your heart saying like, hey, I'm wrestling with this and I just sit in my life and they're like, oh, sorry about that. And you're like, oh, yeah. No. And so, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good. I'll figure it, it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good to talk. Uh, I'm glad you don't have that. <laughs> I guess it's just me. Like, <laughs> worst fears yeah. are just confirmed. <laughs> and so there is sometimes wisdom and who to be vulnerable with in the right context. But even if you find what seems to be a safe context, there's still a risk there. And safe context where yeah. it's actually been hard. And sometimes safe context and safe people that you really develop the relationship with and then they move away. And Mark, mm. you've had a lot of that in the last few years. And yeah. now it's fun as some friends... Like the Sobeckis have moved back to Boulder. Yeah, no, I, I think that's been one of the interesting things for me because I stayed in Boulder after graduating college, graduated at semester and started working at the church. And so, and and I think instantly it was like my community kind of changed because I was at the church and I was involved with my church, but a lot of my friends from college who I was around more were in the area, but they were at school. And sometimes I don't do the best job of just not getting my head in a rut, like I said, and just go, go, go. Um, you know, one of the things, I'll get back to this in a moment, but one of the things that I'm thinking about too is how everyone probably has different challenges to friendship. You know, it could be a fear of vulnerability. It could be just like, hey, I'm so performance driven that I don't have time for other people because like I'm not getting tasks done when I'm hanging out with people like and it doesn't feel important enough. Or I mean, it could be my friends have moved away and I'm in a new place and so I'm trying to establish those, but it takes time and Oh man, there's so many, or, or I've lost someone I love. There's so many different ways that the like, complexities of friendship. But for me, one of my seasons, like you were sharing, Doug, was staying in the Boulder area after graduating and having a lot of my friends then systematically move away. And I had several good friends and family friends that have been in the area. And I think that that is difficult. Sometimes when you experience, oh, a good friend moves away it can be demoralizing. You can say, oh, what's the point? Like, why continue to spend energy to make new friendships? And because it does take a lot of energy. Um, recently, I've been really grateful, though, as I've reflected on the friends that I have had here for years in the area and who have continued to be here. And I think my even my gratitude for those relationships has been growing. Uh, but I think... Friendships take so much time to really develop into a level of sweetness. And that's not always the case. You can have an instant friendship, sure. Um, you probably won't have your best friendship instantly, but you can have friends quickly. But a lot of times it takes multiple years to develop that. And it can feel at times like, oh, man, like it's just not a part of my life right now. And so I think there's sometimes an endurance too and just trusting God for friends and continue to seek to develop those. Um, but I, I, yeah, I've been grateful for some of the friends I've had in the area for, over the years and even some who have moved back recently, which is really sweet. Yeah, Mark, that is helpful. I remember a season when I had just moved somewhere and thought, I'm only going to be here for a couple of years. Do I want to invest heavily in relationships knowing that I'll be gone soon. And part of that was just because I was so depressed at the time, but thankful for people that really were my friends in that season. And 
But I think even over time realizing I really do need friends who are present and with me. Also, I think one of the things that I think through in this friendship is how thankful I am for my time in Malaysia, being there for a couple of years and seeing how my Malaysian friends, Christians and non-Christians, lived out friendship and lived out interdependence and living in a community-oriented culture where people were willing at 11 o'clock at night to show up to a movie theater because someone had lost her phone, wasn't even called for help, and all of a sudden there's multiple people there and just there ready to help. And in the U.S., there's no way that I would call someone or even think that they would just show up at midnight and be there, I guess 11 o'clock at night, and be there for half an hour to an hour looking for a phone that wasn't ever found. Or, But it's just something that was sweet to see how willing people were to help and to serve and to care for one another. And one of the things that was helpful is that some of my Malaysian friends had mentioned that in America, you often try and build friendships by talking, but we try and build friendships by active service and shared experiences. There's really good things in both of those. But I think I began to appreciate how significant it is to actually serve someone, to allow other people to serve me and to have that vulnerability, and how significant it is to have shared experiences. And now I really do want to get to depth of conversation, but for me to appreciate all these other things as well as components... Along the lines of Malaysia, I'm also just struck by the community-oriented nature of the country and thinking through how that even affected how I read the Bible, because I often thought about even a passage like Ephesians 4 in very individualistic ways of, okay, so I'm about to do all these things, I'm about to live out the gospel, but I go back to Ephesians 4 and it's all talking about doing this in community, actually the whole book of Ephesians, and that it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And this picture is an interdependent body that's speaking the truth in love and growing up together. And after being in Malaysia for a couple of years, I realized this picture of interdependence and maturing together that I'm seeing my Malaysian friends live out is actually the biblical picture. And I've even known this passage of scripture, but so often I had the thought of, I'm going to be about following the Lord and I'll have accountability and friends to help me from falling away or to help me with my issues in life. But then As long as they help me with my issues, I'm the one who's going to move forward. And that gets back to my independence. But instead seeing how there was less of this, I'm going to make my own way, and more of a mindset together we're going to build up in this. And even that's how Jesus talks about, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So actually, what's the best way that I can even be doing outreach? It's not as an independent person but in the loving community of the church with other believers. And I think along these lines, as Doug was just talking about building friendships, there's two things that can be helpful in that. One's just initiative and then also creativity. And so initiative is just taking the initiative to 
ask people to do things is a really practical standpoint on it. But just taking that first step, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, whether it's having people over for a barbecue or going to watch a sport, a sports game, a sports game match. Um, sports. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or if you need to... <laughs> If you need to expedite it, then you could do other things like maybe just asking you getting a couple of guys together. If you're a woman, a couple of women together and asking them if they want to do something fun, like go on a trip or go to the mountains for a weekend and rent a cabin together and just spend some time hanging out in fellowship, but maybe also just having some intentional time where you're asking how you're doing, ask how you can be praying for each other. Something like that could really speed up this process if you're hoping to build some friendship and I've done that with some guys as well just spent a weekend in the mountains and it's cool how that can happen so quickly I guess we're in Colorado so wherever that would be for you by a lake or a desert whatever (laughs) (laughs) wherever geographical circumstances you find yourself in there's (laughs) something you could probably do to expedite friendship via the circumstances I think of uh, a couple of people who I've known who've done friendship well in my life. I think of uh, Brian Alleman, who would text me and say, Mark, what are you doing right now? Or he would call me and say, what are you doing right now? And I appreciate that because sometimes it was like, there's no way out of it. It's like, I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> As opposed to like trying to figure out something for a week from now. It'd be like, ah. and sometimes it didn't work, but I always, I always appreciated that about Brian. Or think of guys like, Patrick, Sebecki, uh, yeah, just some of the times where I, I don't necessarily have emotional energy to do a whole lot, and he just understands that. And even if I'm having a really low day where he'll just like um, – he's the type of guy who I'm like, oh, I know that he understands that. And he's been over even just recently and just put away dishes for me as, as having a low day. And I was like, oh, I'm really grateful for friendship like that where people I think can just understand and serve and care. And I think even just having the – freedom from friends of knowing when I'm in my highs and lows to just be, yeah, be there and to be the support is really, really a sweet thing. And, um, but yeah, I've appreciated the friends who have been intentional over the years and just reached out. You know, I wouldn't have had as many good experiences if I hadn't had friends who have been intentional. Or I think of Brian Allman also at one point we were hiking up a glacier, uh, in, St. Mary's Glacier and he had me bring my snowboard and so I ended up snowboarding down a glacier with him. I'm like, that's something I would have never done if Brian wasn't my friend. And so I'm like really, really even grateful for that. Uh, And so it's just sweet moments like that that I think, like you're saying, Greg, the creativity piece, the give give it a shot, be creative. It can be really a blessing. Mark, is St. Mary's Glacier from Mansion in the Mountains? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I went down to that, but I didn't have a snowboard, so I just had my winter coat on backwards and just slid down it on my belly. That was some friends. That was a lot Did of Didn't you almost fall off? That sounds weird. No, I think people might have been somewhat concerned about it, but it, it was... As okay. far as Doug, you're, as far as a your twenty level year old version for your safety, and other people's level of concern for your safety often don't match up. Yeah, because when you guys so came maybe back, it, maybe it was more dangerous than yeah, I when thought. When you guys came back, they're like Doug almost flew off the glacier. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Well, Doug, just as you 
think through this time, I mean, we've talked through a number of things, but would you just wrap us up as you're, we're thinking about what, what does it look like to build these friendships? What are some of the challenges we're up against and how do we kind of even just move forward in these days? To conclude this discussion on friendship, I think we want to go back to remembering that friendship has to be about something greater, whether that's dominoes or rock climbing or about the glory of God. There's something of friendship that looks outward. And if I try and make my friendship all about making people affirm my sense of insecurities, all about my fear of rejection, that's not something for friendship to be about, but to look outward. And what the what a great thing that as Christians, we get to look out to the glory of Christ and his mission to bring about the redemption of the world and partner up with people in that. And so it's great that you and Greg and I have fellow interests and we like similar kinds of things but really the depth of wanting to be about following christ is the sweetest thing here so i'm thankful for this relationship with you and greg with other believers that we get to have genuine relationships in life it is hard for me as an introvert it's hard for me as someone who's afraid of rejection hard for me as somebody that's anxious to initiate to step out but like you got as we're saying it really is worth it to show up when you're invited to do things with people to take the risk to be vulnerable to admit i really do need others And the blessing of that, even though there's pain attached to it and there's loss, there's a blessing that we don't have to walk this thing alone. What a great thing that Jesus isn't calling us to just man up, do this on our own, and follow him. But he is calling us to follow him with others. And he's provided for us the church. He's provided for us other men and women who are believers. And sometimes it feels like it would be easier to not have to deal with others and their sin so much because it just reveals my own sin and my own insecurities. But for us to trust, the Lord has given us a good thing in other people. I don't want to just be about my own skull-sized kingdom. I don't want to be about just my own name. But like you were saying, Mark, earlier that I want to be about Christ's name with others. So we want to press into that. We want to believe the Lord for it. And I hope that for us, I hope for people listening, that they'll get to experience the sweetness of that. Maybe even in the next days ahead as we say yes to other people, especially as we're seeing that longing for relationship and friendship in this time of so much isolation, which is a big deal to engage and then I hope that we'll get to see that in the years ahead and I'm thankful that we'll get to experience perfect relationship with the Lord and others in the new creation thanks Doug thanks for joining us for this episode we hope it's of encouragement to you and that you join us next time for another discussion The music excerpts for this podcast come from the song Enthusiast by Tours, which is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. More information can be found in the show notes.